live via Skype. It's the DBNJ Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Turnbuckle Jim, and with me, the edge to my Christian. Pascal Brian and, and man, Christian's very underrated, so don't let that sell him short. He does great work, people. He does do great work, but that's pretty much how our, our relationship is. Um, so anyway, want to talk to some wrestling? Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, in, in, unless you got a movie review or something. Uh, actually, I did um, just watch X-Men Days of Future Past. I'm kind of sad I didn't see it in the theater, and that is an amazing film. Did you like the, the ending with the whole with it set up with Wolverine and, you know, the the boat and being stuck in the water and all that? Yeah, yeah, that was that was new stuff. Um, I did like the ending, how they're like pretty much like, you know what? Screw the last, like, X-Men 3 or whatever it was called, X-Men Last Stand. We're just doing our own thing now, which was great. Well, I mean, they're recasting all those people for the most part, and Apocalypse is going to be the next one. So. Yeah, that's going to be pretty damn cool. Anyway, let's talk some wrestling. I was about to say, speaking of not cool, uh, what do you think of Raw? Uh, I thought it had an awesome start to it. I like the uh, beginning with uh, Ambrose and uh, Cena, then you go to a nice tag team match, triple threat tag team match which is something different they haven't done those in a while that was a lot of fun and then we have uh, Mi- uh, no, Miz but uh, less later in the card thinking of uh, we have oh freaking Ice Champ Dove Ziggler versus Randy Orton and that won like 20 minutes and it was a great match um, but then the last hour I thought this really made things they started cramming as much crap as they could in the last like you know hour and so like, the main event didn't happen until like 10.56 when they actually got started with the whole damn thing and then it ended just like by ending. So by ending, I'm just by ending. I mean it, it was pretty, pretty lazy. It's just oh, I'm gonna do an attitude gesture. Well, freaking Dean Ambrose gets the contract. Wah wah. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I mean, was that? Is there anything else that you liked? Um. I'm trying to think of some other stuff I liked about it. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a bad show. I think that the wrestling was pretty good. I did like the the Big Show versus Rusev. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I like the fact they're not giving clean wins for either one of them. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it started hot and then it got disappointed in the last hour. Um, I, I get that they're they're building the tension. I mean, between Ambrose and Cena, but. I, I mean, to say if I'm wrong here, but I kind of feel like they're burying the tag team division at the same time. Like, yeah, I mean, you're not with Cena in there with, like, you know, Heath Slater and the Gator, <laughs> the mini Gator, but, I mean, I'd like to think that the tag team champions and the Usos could put up a, a little more competition than that. Yeah, they didn't get that enough time um, to make them look, you know, spectacular, but I think they look pretty decent, considering that these are the two biggest baby, baby faces they have in the company right now. That's not, that's not too bad that they lost to them, so... But, I mean, can we stop calling Cena babyface? Because he's getting booed constantly, even though JBL's like, he's getting a reaction from the fans. Yeah, it, a sucky reaction. Yeah, well, his reaction is mixed at best, um, poor at worst. Um, yeah, they, they really need to pull the trigger and just say, John Cena, I'm sorry, take time off, come back, we'll make a heel. But, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly, I think that the reason why the WWE has not moved on is because they can't get past Cena. And as we'll talk later on, I think Vince McMahon's biggest strength has always been finding the next star um, and always you know, pushing what's been hot. But since Cena came around, they've almost been burying it. Like, he he doesn't want to have anybody to take John Cena's spot, which I think has been a very, very bad thing. Yeah, um, and a couple other things. Uh, I mean... I've been pretty like lukewarm on the whole Rusev thing, but I kind of thought the whole Mark Henry Big Show thing, and then just beating down Rusev just sort of like killed his momentum. I think. Um, it felt kind of awkward that they would do something like that, just kind of get their revenge that way. Um, I think they're trying to build towards a Big Show versus Mark Henry feud again. Oh God, I was about to say like first time ever. <laughs> uh, 
I would also like to add that I am very sick of the celebrity. I mean, can we stop calling them celebrities? Real Housewives of Atlanta? What is that? That's, that's crap. Yeah, that that's crap. Uh, I totally agree with you. I'm glad they made it short. And uh, I honestly, I think I was watching something else when they uh, were doing that. So no, no, no skin off my back there. The whole was it Chris Chrisley, whatever. Uh, I'm not sure. Whoever this this guy is. I mean, he just kind of. I mean, honestly. One thing that has really been annoying is what I've been watching the ads around Raw, and they have so many ads for their for the USA USA Network, and they're all their stupid TV shows, and it's all the same stuff. It's so painful to watch. Yeah. Speaking of ads, real quick, uh, have you noticed they put ads on the WWE Network now? Uh, I heard about that, and I have no problem with it. I think it's still a reasonable price at nine ninety nine. But that's right. I'm, I just think that it's kind of, I mean, you pay for that same thing for Netflix and you don't get commercials yet. I think they're only True. doing it directly because they're not getting enough subscriptions. I think so. I mean, I think it's definitely a revenue thing, which I do not mind because I think as a fan, that's it's great for me. I love watching the network when I get a chance to. It's all the freaking pay-per-views, so that's um, definitely an advantage. But having commercials, I think, is not a bad thing. There's commercials on Hulu, and I don't mind watching those. And if they want to put commercials in pay-per-views, then go ahead. Put commercials in the network, too. It's your own damn network, and we can choose whether or not to pay for it. There's a lot of things I didn't like about Raw, even going back. But like last week, they, they promoted that it was going to be Cena and Ambrose at Hell in a Cell. And then they just gave the match away on Raw. Because I guess they felt bad that Randy Orton didn't have a match. Like I don't, yeah, understand that whole thing. Like they just, just like, oh, it's gonna be the peer review next week. Oh, we're doing it right now. Yeah, I've been noticing that too. Like they've been doing like a lot of like matches. They will. Um like promote for the pay-per-view and then show them on Raw instead like when they had like Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns um and they had that match on Raw and they were going to do it again in the pay-per-view then Reigns you know got the, the injury um yeah and doing like this match on the TV on, on TV just yeah that didn't it didn't feel right for whatever reason that they did it so quickly. I still think they did the Rollins Reigns match because they knew he needed surgery, but I'm pretty sure that was just a shocker for him. He did not intend for that, uh, or maybe not. I don't know. It's a conspiracy. It no, is a conspiracy. Um, so before we waste too much time, what letter grade would you give Raw? Uh, I I give it a C plus. Ooh, um, I'm gonna be fair, more fair, and give it a B minus. I think. Yeah, um, I'm gonna be super quick about this, but like, there's other two things that bother me. What's the deal with the, like the Wyatt family promos now with the pregnant one with the sister Abigail thing on her belly or something? Um, I think they're breaking them up in a way that's not gonna like, uh, bring animosity to the group. But are they bringing a new member in, or like how? Because they're changing it up somehow. I mean. Yeah, I think they're going to be break. I think the rumor is that they're going to be moving Harper and Rowan away from Bray Wyatt. That they're going to move on and do their own thing, as opposed to just be like his go-to guys. Why not do like Raven's flock where you turn those two guys face and then Bray would still be your heel, you know? Um, I don't know what they're they're thinking, but I mean those two have been really phenomenal in the ring, and unfortunately they have been under Bray's shadow, so they need to move on. Well, I'm glad they got this break because of after the Cena burial, they need to be off TV for a little while. Oh, absolutely, uh-huh. they they really do. And one little last thing, I I feel bad. I mean, not really, but like the Total Diva show was destroying the division because. Yeah, because they because they all came out to a total divas freaking entrance, and honestly, it just kills it because you're not taking them seriously because they're not Paige or or AJ. And yeah, it, like all jokes, even Natalia. Yeah, they they all been oh man, just I swear to goodness, n- never let me be in a reality show. Um, that that is the one thing. Your one job you have is never let me in a reality show because that would ruin my entire life. I don't know. I got the I got the Miz. Uh, pretty far well Miz was at a time when reality shows were new and exciting and he was able to move on and and go from the real world to tough enough Mm -hmm. Um, so he was able to survive that but um yeah, but yeah, honestly, yeah. But if you look at the, who's the, the the total divas are, I mean, honestly, the only one who can actually go in the ring is Natalia, and all the other ones are just like there's there's eye candy. So yeah, it's been been 
kind of a, a, a one thing which has ruins the Divas division, and I wish they would just get rid of it because uh, honestly, their reality show takes place like six months ago or something like that. So it's just they're they're going back to stuff that happened long time ago. Yeah, I just again, I just really feel like, and I'm sorry, dragging a little long. This I just really feel like the absence of a WWE Championship is killing the show. Um, I agree with that too. They really need to put that that championship belt back on anybody who's going to be a regular on the roster. Um, I think they really need to have a big um, you know match for the belt at the next at, you know, not this pay review but at summer at least the Survivor Series um, because like Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman weren't mentioned on TV I mean they really need to have them present in some fashion because without the belt there then it does turn into a big male soap opera yeah and I just get the feeling like the winner of the Rollins Ambrose match is going to fight at Survivor Series with Lesnar but that's right. that's just you alright so I, before since we're moving on to uh, this the retro perspective pay-per-view uh, our our the uh, base supposed to be about WCW and the Vince Russo era correct right that's correct I along with that I'm going to give you a piece of uh, Vince Russo paper, uh, trivia okay and um, it, it, I wouldn't doubt if you don't get this but it's just it's really embarrassing it shows how bad the company was at the end um, who is the only person during that era, this is a wrestler, who lost a Falls Count Anywhere match by being counted out? <laughs> okay, so let's see here. Obviously, they forgot how the rules work, so uh-huh. that's any number of wrestlers at the time. He was uh, a former heavyweight champion. I'm going to say that they, they, they made the... Uh, the ending the way it was because they didn't want the other guy to look too bad by getting squashed by this guy. So I'm going to guess Goldberg. It was uh, That is not correct, sir. Oh. But he had a big feud with Goldberg in around 99 or so. Um, maybe I'll go with Scott Steiner? Uh, no. You want to guess? Let me tell you. <sighs> this could take forever. Uh, well, give me one more guess. I'm going to say that, okay, this happened during the Vince Russo era itself. Yeah. Think of a really bad wrestler that always got hurt. Oh, Kevin Nash. Sid Vicious. Really? Okay, then that's that's also I, f- I forgot he was on the roster at that point. <laughs> and he was a champion too in 2000. Isn't that sad? Uh huh. Yeah. Now here's another one for you, and I don't, I don't know if you'll get this, but um, do you know the reason that Vince Russo was initially fired from Nitro? Um, he wanted Tank Abbott to be champion. That is correct. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, that that was a big thing. He wanted Tank Abbott to have the belt for one day, and then he would lose it to Sid or somebody else the next night. And they said, you know, Tank Abbott's not even a wrestler. Why is he even on here? Let's give it to the you know Chris Benoit. Hopefully, I'll keep him in the company until it didn't work. Uh, yeah. Oh, one last. I, and by the way, I'm getting a lot of stuff from this uh, this link, and it's called the stupidity of WCW. Oh, get you uh, it, Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, it, one last piece. It said Sid had a winning streak that contained. Uh, had three televised pinfall losses, and it was all on TV. Yet he decided that they decided that he hadn't lost at all. How bad is that? That's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, there you go. Very good job. I didn't think you get the Tank Abbott thing, but Sid Vicious, the only person to ever lose a false Kenny Moore match on a countout. Wow. All right. Well, I have one piece of trivia for you regarding WCW. Oh, man. All right. So you're a big Edge fan, obviously. You have made that a secret during this podcast. Um, can you name when – okay, uh, you might have been aware of this or not, but Edge did wrestle briefly in WCW in 1996. Mm-hmm. What was the name of his persona? Wasn't it Damon, Damon Stryker? Damon you Stryker. are correct. It was Damon Strike. I remember because like, I saw some YouTube videos where like he fought Ming and then like the giant on uh, WCW Worldwide or something like that. It's the mothership. WCW World. Actually, it was WCW like Saturday night. Anyway. Um, it, was, it was like their D or E show. The one that came on like 11 or 12 o'clock at night or something. Yeah, they had like four or five shows or like an hour long on the weekends. They're all pretty... <clears throat> 
Excuse me, I, I just remember that show being, you know, the the only reason I ever heard of the guy, Hard Body Harrison. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> well, you, they gotta work somewhere, you know. Yeah, but no one cared. But yeah, but that was the, I think AJ Styles and RVD wrestled on there too. Uh, that might be correct too. They they might have had a, a chance there. Anyway, ready to move on to our Attitude Era retrospective pay per view? Absolutely. Like, let's. The more we're getting into the Attitude Era, the more I'm liking this. Um, you know, I'm kind of different. The more I'm watching it, the more I'm like, yeah, this. I remember having better memories of it. Anyway, uh, we come to you in your house, Over the Edge, 1998, which was uh, May 31st of that year. Um, the poster, if you look at it from, you know, the promotional poster they have, for it was featured Ken Shamrock, though he is not on the card and I believe hardly mentioned in his pay-per-view. I guess uh, because The Rock moved on the Farouk, right? Uh, either that or, or Shamrock might have been injured at this point, too. Uh, that could have been it. But anyway, moving on, uh, we have a total of eight matches. Seven of them actually are matches. One of them is just, anyway, 20-second crap all uh, So we have our favorite wrestlers, LOD2000, Hawk and Animal, with Sonny and Draws, defeated the DOA of Skull and 8-Ball. I can't remember how this even ended. Uh, Brian, thoughts? Uh, LOD needed a win because, you know, they kept getting, you know, dusty finishes with the New Age Outlaws. Um, and, and if I kind of remember correctly, the JR kept touting that whoever wins this match is the rifle number one contender to the tag team titles. Or something like he wouldn't shut up about it. But I mean, the match is just like four stiff dudes. Like, just don't say it like that, but like four like rough guys that like beat each other up. Like That's so. pretty much how I thought about it, too. It wasn't anything spectacular. LOD, I think at this point, they, they would go on some really bad storylines and lose Sonny pretty much right after this, too. So yeah. at this point, they're almost pretty much done for 1998. Yeah, but the whole thing with puke or draws, like, you feel bad. Every time I look at the guy, I'm like, well, how much longer did he have till he didn't walk again? You know? True. That That is very sad. I mean, yeah, that guy, he wrestled for, like, what, a year after this, maybe? And then he never was able to walk. I mean, yeah, that's... You're just breaking it down, aren't you? Yeah, well, I mean, it's like, you know, how can you not look at a guy like, okay, that guy's dead, that guy's paralyzed, she had a drug problem, he quit the company, like, it's like revisionist, like, you just look at it and you're like, wow. Yeah, like, there was a lot of stuff going on backstage. Like, like okay, like, anytime you watch the old WCW stuff, you see, like, Chris Benoit come out with woman, you're like, can you not think about what happened? I mean, true, true. <sighs> Uh, anyway, speaking of bad memories, we have Jeff Jarrett defeated Steve Blackman in a singles match. Um, actually, I thought this was a much better match than I anticipated. Steve Blackman had a very, um, uh, he's got a different style, but it works, especially with, uh, with Jeff Jarrett, who's actually pretty decent in this match. Um, the one thing I did notice in the commentary was they mentioned Steve Blackman. Do you remember his original match, in, or first match in WWF? Uh, God, didn't he? He beat somebody, but I, I, I like Vaden Vader. I'm trying to remember. Well, he, um, you're confusing him with the Ken I mean, Shamrock. I know it was a right? Didn't win like a six man tag or something he like that? He was eight man tag, Team USA versus Team Canada. Oh, a Survivor Series? Right. And then in this pay per view, they mentioned that Steve Blackman was actually trained by Stu Hart. That's interesting. Yeah, it was like they, they totally just changed around his backstory from being this, this guy in the crowd who's never wrestled before. He's always like a martial artist. And anyway, but this is a pretty decent match. I think Steve Blackman was one of those guys who, who if given a better gimmick and another chance, you might have made it farther in the company. I feel like he was the Lance Storm of the company at the time, like zero personality. True. But the buzz cut and everything, yeah, it was kind of... <sighs> Okay, I mean, tell me I'm wrong here. Like, you know, Jeff Jarrett, until like '99 when Deborah came along and the puppies and all that, was just the most boring, useless wrestler in in wrestling. Like, he didn't deserve any push at all, in my opinion. But he keeps on getting pushed. Um, ever since his debut with WWF back, I think '95. Ninety. It was like '93. '93, really? That long ago? Yeah, because um. He came in as like the guy who was going to use the WWF to springboard to Nashville. Uh, yeah, you don't. You never use wrestling to springboard anything else, unless you're The Rock, um, or China. 
<laughs> that's not a springboard. That's more like fell in the sewer. <laughs> that is definitely not a springboard. I'll tell you that. Spring, spring back. Spring, spring back. back. She busted through the trampoline. Yeah. Anyway, uh, totally uh, ruined my channel thought. But anyway, yeah, he keeps on getting pushed. He get pushed in the, the original when he was in the WWF. He got pushed in WCW when he was there twice. Um, he got pushed in his own freaking company. No, he's anyway. He he gets pushed more than he should have been. Um, he's a decent wrestler and, and a decent veteran, but yeah, he's he's really not exceptional you know he's definitely not a main eventer um upper mid card at best probably i i was gonna my my point was though the way that he was booked all these times that we've, we've gone through and talked about him it's actually gonna lead to what we're talking about later because i think russo did a decent job making jeff Jarrett look better than he was Ooh. Yeah. that's a good point well but, he just need to cut his hair and then team with uh, uh owen hart and then everything would be better I think the puppy's helped too. But as far as this match goes, like, I don't remember if he came out with Cornet or, no, Tennessee Lee. Yeah, Tennessee Lee. J E double F J A double R E double T. Come on, come on, you know the last part. Oh, ain't he great? Ugh. Which was like Colonel Parker and WCW. Like, good lord. But, I mean, I don't know what you thought of this, but Steve Blackman had some kick ass music. Yeah, yeah, he did. Dum da dum dum, like you know, like he was really, really underrated. And uh, but then, like, what his best time was with me was with Al Snow's head cheese. Poor, poor guy. Poor guy. Anyway, moving on. Um, there's kind of a match here, not really. Mark Mario pretty much screwing over Sable, saying, "Let's lay down for you. You'll get your contract ripped up, and then you know." You can move on with your life. No, Pete pretty much, you know, screws her over inside cradle pin for the uh, the one, two, three, and twenty seconds. Um, I guess you're kind of advancing that whole storyline with her. That's pretty much the whole point. Yeah, which actually leads to, uh, you know, a, a SummerSlam where Meryl teams up with Jackie to fight Sable and Edge and link his first match. So it's a little surprising, a little useless trivia as well, but I. Could not stand Mark Merrill, and I'm, I'm surprised he lasted in the company as long as he did. I guess because he Vince paid him so much that he had to get stick around. But God, he sucked. Yeah, he was kind of. Um, I like the Wild Man persona. I think that was kind of cool. Like when he did like a lot of high flying stuff. Um, but yeah, he just never really caught on with the company. Unfortunately, he was either injured or was in a bad storyline with Sable. So yeah, he just he, he looked like an asshole, really. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the whole point is they, they used him to get Sable over, and it worked. Yeah, they, they really did. Sable was a real moneymaker. Mark Merrow, unfortunately, you were not. Yeah, I just... Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. I mean, 20 seconds is not long enough to see Sable. If you paid to see Sable, you got ripped off. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, it was like, what's the next match, good sir? The next match is the match of Kalintai, Dick Togo, Men's Teoa. And Shofunaki Whoa. defeated the team of Takamushinaku and Justin Bradshaw. Uh, talk about a guy with crap gimmicks. Yeah. Um, Are we talking about Taka or Bradshaw? Yeah. Either one, but especially Bradshaw. Yeah, Bradshaw, he just went from like one thing to the next. Like he was a new blackjack, and then he was an acolyte, and then. He- the time he actually like went over was uh, probably his JBL gimmick. Well, I mean, the APA was pretty successful. But... It was to a degree. I mean, I did think that the JBL gimmick felt like really forced on us. Like you're talking about this guy who has been maybe a tag teamer for a few years, like suddenly becomes world champ. Uh, okay. Oh, I love the JBL gimmick. But anyways, as far as this goes. If you have the time of the matches in front of you, you'll notice that this match went longer than the next match, and they had no business of doing that based on the feuds that were being, you know, hyped up for the pay-per-view. Right. So I don't understand why this match got as long as it did. It didn't deserve it. No, no. There was, like, maybe one or two cool spots. Like, there was a spot where um, Kai and Tai pretty much holds the JBL down, and they do their pose thing with a jump on his back and, and uh, pose. Um, and he's pretty much destroyed after that. But other than that, it was, yeah, they, the, they were just looking for a time filler. Honestly, they did their best to kill three hours as, as well as they could have. And this 
it's not a good example of it. I, I just think, like, I mean, it's kind of sad, but again, like, you look at how I said stuff earlier, look, what do you think of when you think of Kai and Tai? Um, I like Kai and Tai. I mean, I think they're, they bring some more competition for Taka, which is cool, because they can do all those crazy high-fly moves. Um, and um, I don't think that it hurts. I mean, if anything, they need to get the shot in the arm to the light Taiwa championship division, so yeah. I was just thinking Kai and Tai was only famous for the scene where they wink, wink, nudge, nudge, chopped off Val Venus's, uh, you know... <clears throat> And then the next week, Val came out, pushed in a wheelchair by John John Bobbitt or something. Yeah, there was a lot of bad humor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, this match was okay, but it was it should not have been given as much time as it did considering the next match, which, if I'm not mistaken, The Rock beating Farouk to retain his Intercontinental title. I believe that was in only five minutes. Um, this was, yeah, it, went, it was a really short match. Um, and you, you kind of wonder, like, why they made it that short. Um, I, I, I'm thinking that either one of them had to have an injury. That's the only reason they, they made it so so quick. I mean, I know their styles didn't necessarily mesh, but my God, with as many months as went into this lead-up of Rock taking the nation from Farouk, they needed a lot longer than they did. Yeah, yeah, this was not a good uh, payoff match at all. It's, it's very disappointing. Yeah. Speaking of disappointing, the next match uh, came with Paul Bearer defeated Vader in a mask versus mask match. Uh, again, I know he didn't. I think he lasted till like October or November of '98, but Vader, he was done by that point. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, losing his mask. I mean, he's lost his mask plenty of times when he wrestled before, so it wasn't a big deal to me. No, it wasn't a big deal. I lost his mask. Um, it, it's just, I guess, they're just feeding more guys. To, well, he, they already, he was already fed to Kane once before, and this is just feeding to him again. Um, it's making Kane out to be this big hoss. So I have no problems with that. It's good having the monster heal. Um, but, yeah, Vader, for whatever reason, just never caught on with the WWF. I think it just could be his gimmick. Um, could be that a face run's not good for him. He's better as a heel. Um, hard to say, really. Well, the thing was, like, because they said that he was supposed to beat Shawn Michaels for the title, and then Michaels balked at it, and then Sid was the one who beat him at Survivor Series and said what Vader was supposed to do it. Yeah. And then he wasn't given anything else after that. Yep. But but I'm glad that Kane got it, because if they're losing Undertaker twice in a row, he needed a win. Yep, definitely. Yeah, you definitely need to uh, to get that win back to, to get the momentum. Because next month, he might be champion. Yeah, what, spoilers, man. <laughs> so he might be champions. Uh, no. Next up, we have pretty much like the most boring um, uh, fight between these these two factions. We have the Nation, uh, which consisted of Owen Hart, Khan Mustafa, and D'Lo Brown, with Mark Henry in their corner, defeated D-Generation X with Triple H, Billy Gunn, and Road Dog, with China and X-Pac. Yeah, you know that's probably one of the reasons they brought Owen Hart in is because they needed a, a worker on the nation, nation side that could actually go. Um, that might be a good point. I mean, they lost Farouk, so they had, you know, D'Lo Brown, rookie, good moves, but still a rookie. Uh, Mark Henry, he's always been bad. <laughs> I've really never been a Mark yeah. Henry kind of guy. Um, Kama, who's a veteran, but yeah, never really known for his uh, wrestling ability. Um, and Owen Hart. So, yeah, I mean, definitely be bringing Owen Hart in. Number one, no longer racist because they have a white guy in the group. Uh, number two, yeah, he could he could really go. He knew he's probably the best wrestler in the nation domination, and that's including The Rock. I like how his entrance, like, enough is enough and it's time for a change, but was joining the nation the change he needed? It's the change <laughs> that he believed in. But, I mean, I don't know why this... This this really like this match got what like twenty seven minutes or something crazy. Uh, eighteen minutes twenty uh, thirty three seconds. Yeah, like half of that could have gone to the Rock and Farouk. Like it just didn't make any sense because I know in the weeks following this, I know Triple H lost his like the European title D'Lo, and then like he won the Intercontinental title from the Rock or something. Like they just kept swapping belts or something like that. But I. I'm sorry, but 18 minutes on this kind of match where the Rock's not in it, I just didn't have any interest. Yeah. All right, well, um, yeah, the, the, there is no interest I had either um, at all. 
So we come to our main event. Uh, was champion Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated Do Love in a no disqualification false count anywhere match with Vince McMahon as a special referee, Undertaker as special announcer, Jerry Briscoe as a timekeeper, and your re-announcer is Pat Patterson. This is the Attitude Era at its best, if you ask me. I... I don't know. At least they were smart enough to keep Undertaker away from Austin until SummerSlam. Yeah. My Um, God. Could could, could he have gotten... I mean, I know Cactus was a good guy, but... You know, something. I guess Mankind was over as a face, too. Like, they couldn't just give him... You know, make Foley had to be dude love, but... I didn't think that that was the best way to start off the Austin era. <laughs> no, um, Mick Foley's a good wrestler, um, good worker, but yeah, in terms of like being like a heel, especially after he'd been become so popular over the past year. Um, but then again, you look at the roster and you're like, who else could they have given him, really? I don't know. This is where keeping Bret Hart would have been nice, but uh, yeah, if they had like Bret Hart versus like Sean uh, Steve Austin, that'd been awesome, but. But, I mean, it's hard to take Dude Love seriously because he just turned into a corporate stooge. Like, it was more about McMahon and Austin than who Austin was fighting in the ring, you know? Yeah, yeah, they really needed to, um... Yeah, well, unfortunately, at this point, I mean, they'll, they'll have several serious main eventers, um... By, the, by this point, the next year. But at this point, I mean, they were like, who can we have them fight? That's going to be realistic. So, I think Dude Love, pretty much the, uh, the best bet that they had. And as far as the match goes, I mean, it's just wasn't really much that much different than the one before. It's just you had the Vince McMahon dynamic added to it. Yeah, they had that dynamic. They had like them throwing themselves over cars and everything, jumping off cars, which is kind of cool. Um, really using the whole set as um, a battleground, and the fact that they kept on changing the rules during the match, I think, was pretty cool too. But uh, yeah, it wasn't anything spectacular. Yeah. Um. But it, it, so I mean, technically you were two pay-per-views into the Attitude Era, so what do you think? Um, let's see here, good, well, let's see here. In terms of this, like, being a good pay-per-view, would I watch it if it wasn't, like, say, an Attitude Era pay-per-view? Probably not. I mean, there's not really good matches at all. Uh, I would give this, like, a C. Yeah, oh, I have to, uh... I have to agree there. There wasn't really a saving grace for the whole thing. No, no, it's it's all pretty, pretty crappy stuff. So the C is for crap, and this is what I'm getting the pay-per-view. C is for crappy. It's bad enough for us. <laughs> all right, well, time for a little debate. Yeah, let's see. Um, okay, okay. Here, here's one last little small piece of trivia. All right. Um, this is gonna sound dumb how I ask it, but we'll give this a shot. Um, Hulk Hogan this is a little thing about that sighting Hogan in 1999 cut a promo where he said young guys uh, were not ever going to be able to draw money people under 40 pretty much Mm -hmm. but one guy he called out in that specific example was already over 40 and he was just ripping them making himself look like a moron you want to take a guess Uh, was it Diamond Dallas Page no but that's a good guess uh, it was probably Bret Hart. Lex Luger. Lex Luger, really? He ripped on Luger, and Luger was already in his 40s saying that he'll never draw any money. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's probably true, actually. Luger has, has never been really a draw. But yeah, as far as like this goes, um, I believe you wanted to do, you wanted to take the, that WCW was going to hell in a handbasket uh, side of the debate, correct? That's correct. I am, I'm WCW had no way of surviving um, past two, um, surviving past 2001. Um, the question is, for our debate, is whether or not WCW would have survived, or had a chance to survive um, when Vince, Vince Russo took it over. Hmm. Um, and my argument is that there was no chance it could have been saved. It, the damage had been far, far too much had been done by this point to make it even salvageable. True. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Like, if you go off this page and I'm looking at it alone, then you'll completely agree with yourself. But at the same time, 
there was a lot of things that were that were good that came out of that. At least I think, and I think the company could have had a chance if they, you know. There's a lot of things that could have been better if they had a chance. They All right. Did. So essentially, we have like you know three questions for each of us. Uh, I'll uh, ask a question for you first, and then uh, then the next question, and then I'll of course have my uh, answer, and then I'll give myself the next question, and then we'll um, finish it up with our, our idea of what the uh, what, if WCW could survive. Yeah. So I guess this is kind of a biased debate because I came up with questions, but you know what? You can come up with the next debate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So the question is, first one, could their roster make it another two years? Uh, would you like to start, sir? Um, would yes. I like to start? I mean, are you asking me to start? Because I don't mind. Oh, yeah, you can you can start. You know, just by, by uh, list, you can start. I think that it could have, absolutely. Um, again, it, but the thing is, it's not about the roster. I mean, the thing is, like... The reason it was killed is because, again, Bischoff had a group to buy WCW, but they said that you could have the company. You could have, like, the, the name, the, the video library, all the licensing, but we're not going to give you any cable time on TNT. Well, actually, let me rephrase the question um, at that point. Um, in, in 99, could it have huh. survived? Um, well, I mean, technically it did, didn't it? Well, I mean, that, that's true. Um... But just, just given that roster, I mean, would it would it be able to compete with with uh, the WWE at that point? Well, no, and it didn't. I mean, the, okay. <laughs> here, here, like here's the thing: it, it it planted the seeds in the right way, but it still messed it up. Like if you look at it, I mean, at the you still had you know Flair who for whatever reason decided he wanted to be a heel, which no one cared for, and then that made Hogan a face, which no one cared for. But I mean, like, what, what, who was being pushed at the time? Like the same guys like Nash, Hogan, Sting, Luger, Bret Hart, Savage. Like, it, the, all the same guys were at the top. But as the time went on before the company ended, those, they started weeding those guys out, and like the younger guys were getting their chance. But '99, I guess, like, I, I like to think that like towards the end. They were doing a better job of pushing the younger guys, but in 99, I can't even side with that because the same older guys were getting their push. I mean, Hogan went back to getting the red and the yellow just so he could feud with Kevin Nash for two months and then had a feud with Sting where they kept hitting each other with the baseball bats. Like, it was hard to watch. Oh, yeah, no, no debate there. I mean, so... Um... I feel bad, like, I should be, like, arguing towards, like, the roster being at that point, but it's not, because, like, like I said, it gets better later on, but in 99, right. the roster was crap. Yeah, I mean, in 99, they didn't have any much to work with at all, to be honest with you. I mean, they had, uh, I believe, the, the first pay-per-view that Vince Russo did was the main event, Bret Hart was, uh, versus Chris Benoit, which were probably the two best workers you had in the roster at the time. Yeah. And there wasn't really... Um, any upcoming star at that point that they could have put their, their um, you know, put the company around. Unfortunately, maybe maybe Goldberg. I mean, Goldberg had always been pretty big um, when he was with the company, um, but I don't think Goldberg had the ability to to, to hold it on his back for mm-hmm. two years while he constantly, you know, well they, they constantly tried to move their numbers against uh, Raw at that point. Well. Uh, like the thing was like and, and I guess you forgot a lot of the good stuff that they had was because they used Bret Hart and because they used Chris Benoit and they started pushing some of their all the young like Booker T started getting more of an opportunity right. I know Jeff Jarrett had just come back to the company at that point um, and where he eventually got his the best push of his career that he didn't generate himself uh, but you know it's I don't know. I can't, I can't defend it. I thought the roster were terrible that year. Um, okay. So what question would you ask me to just kind of like counteract that, like in terms of them surviving for past 99 and being successful? Well, I mean, it's the same thing. Like we can look back at it and say, well, they did this wrong. They did that wrong. And we, I mean, we we see all the proof in the pudding, you know, from like the finger poke of doom through like just some god awful stuff with like fall brawl that year and mm. Goldberg getting injured and but the thing is is like what would you have done differently 
you yourself because I mean at this point we're 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 just we're just playing you know what could we have done better? what if what if okay well um, what would I have done to to save WCW at that point 1999 um, the biggest problem with the company at that point is that well two things number one they had a loaded roster of tons of like main event guys who main evented during the earlier 90s and also in the 80s um, unfortunately guys who a lot of creative could uh, control their contracts and everything like that um, and also they were competing against WWF which had become a lot more you know it, it pretty much invested in their attitude era and doubled down on it um, to the point where they were completely different than they were you know three years before so uh, what I would have done was been to sit uh, not not fire just sit a lot of the big talents um, you don't need a Hulk Hogan because his time had come you know about 10 years before practically at that point um, you don't need a Ric Flair you know on a daily basis you don't need like you know Kevin Nash who was showing his age Scott Hall who was definitely showing his age and his habits um and, you know, there's tons of other guys you could have dropped. Um, I would have honestly gone completely different to 180 from what WWF was doing and make it a more of a family-friendly show that showcased, like, wrestling and, and made it feel more like a big, made more like big event, kind of uh, like a, like almost more like a sport as opposed to the sports entertainment that the WWF was doing at the time. Um, probably bring in a few guys from uh, from ECW who you could push <laughs> as being young events, um, and and keeping guys like an Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, um, Perry Saturn, Dean Malenko, those guys who had jumped in, in the early 2000, and, and uh, you know keep them um, as being kind of part of the, the core of the company, and definitely you know push Goldberg and Captain being champion for a long period of time because you only have like one run as WCW champion at that point. Yeah, um, as far as 99 goes, there's a lot of things that they just completely, like, foobarred. Um, I'll give you one example. Um, giving Buff Bagwell a push. <laughs> Do you remember that? Like, he was, they started pushing as a baby face and having a few with Flair and Piper, where, like, um, Flair was in uh, Piper's corner, like, for a boxing match at Bash, no, Great American Bash. But Buff had his mom in his corner to counteract the Nature Boy. Like, come on, give me a break. I think I'm um, I'm not even remember this at all. I think I had pretty much given up WCW at that point. Well, another, like I said, like one of the things that was the nail in the Bischoff's you know coffin was the fact that uh, Great American Bash '99 was like the worst pay per view I think in history, according to like anyone that's ever watched it. I mean, what was it like Nash versus Savage and like the with the the Hummer, like who drove the Hummer that wrecked in like Nash's limousine or like god awful pay per view. But um, yeah, no, I, I I like your approach to a lot of those things, but like Hogan had so much stroke at the time. I don't think that they would have just gotten away with not using him. Like I, I mean, like you can still can you justify spending all that much money to sit send. Like sit them at home. I mean, I don't know. Well, you're still paying a lot of money. Um, you could, you would, I, I would just probably bring him in for for and, and use him sparingly. Um, and you know, unfortunately, you know, by that point, you know, Hulk Hogan's, you know, his his ring abilities have pretty much, you know gone away <laughs> you can use him as a wrestler um, but definitely use him as like a spokesperson or something like that because I mean really you know he wasn't a draw um, he and his only successes after he uh, left or you know through WCW folded was as like a special attraction you know I, I saw him you know, live like, you know in the arena because you know, saw Hogan and he was only wrestling that one match um, as opposed to like you know being a regular wrestler yeah. So um, I mean, yeah, it would you know would have pissed them off, um, but you know, just say, hey, take a vacation. We'll pay you like you know half your your salary because we're not using you. Um, but you know, unfortunately, they had those multi-year contracts and they were so expensive, it was eating up the company. No, the only thing that bothered me is like he was selfish enough to. I mean, if they had come to him and said, could you put over these younger guys, a la Billy Kidman, I'd be like, no, not a chance. I'm Hulk Hogan. Stop it. <laughs> 
like you weren't gonna you had to sit him down because you wouldn't have been able to get him to put over the younger guys at all I don't think so. Well, I, I don't think you needed you know to, to have somebody beat over Hulk Hogan just to put them on top because Hulk Hogan, you know, at that point, you know, you could beat him, but you were not going to look good doing it because she's not going to make it look good. Well, I mean, that's sort of like John Cena today. I mean, <laughs> like just, I mean, just saying, like, I mean, has he ever like besides Daniel Bryan, has he ever put somebody over cleanly and they stayed at the top? I mean, I don't know. CM Punk. Yeah, but Punk put him back over. No, but um, all right, all right. So, what's your next next part of this, sir? Um, well, the next part of it is, you know, my point of WCW. Would they be able to, you know, financially sustain themselves um, after 1999, uh, the way they've operated before? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> Like, like, but the, but I would be. I mean, the thing was because they had, um, they were losing so much money, and they at the same time they like bump it up by doing more like house shows and stuff like that. But they weren't getting that money back, and they were already facing that downhill slope. But the best way to 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 fix it would have just been to. Like just hit the reset button completely, and honestly, I would have I would have tried to buy out the contract from TNT at that or Turner from that point because you you know the thing at that point where they said that AOL and Time Warner had already merged by like '96 or seven or something like that. Yeah. So they'd already start putting the rules down that like you know forced Russo to not do the things that he wanted to do. Like he wanted to make it just as trashy as WWF, but they said you can't do these things. And then he went against those things, and that's why they fired him the first time. But, um, as far as like being financially stable, no, because they spent so much stupid money on like you know Pyro, the like freaking Kiss Demon, Kiss Demon, which was the lowest rated segment of Nitro uh, to that point. Yeah, like and then like you know, no offense to them, I mean they're nice to look at, but the Nitro girls were a waste of money too. Well, I don't think they were being paid as much as, like, say, Kevin Nash was, but... Oh, no, definitely not. But, I mean, the only person that deserved me on TV was Kimberly, because, man, she looked fantastic. She looked fantastic. Oh, yeah. But, no, um, as far as, like, their current, like, how they were structured currently, no, because they were used to spending all of Turner's money. But, no, you, the best thing they could have done, in my eyes, if they wanted to survive, was... Try, try to find a way to negotiate out of that contract and find a completely new TV network because as they kept going, you know, they had to keep spending money on wrestlers that never showed up or stayed there. And like by the time the younger guys were getting their push, it was already too late. So, like, I mean, no, I don't think they could have stayed successful the way they were spending money like they were before when they were actually on top of the business. Oh, absolutely not. So, yeah, they were just wasting their money with the, the stupid musical stuff. They had, like, Master P and all that kind of crap. And, uh, West man. Texas Rednecks. West Texas Rednecks. Crap. Rap is crap. I'm looking over the uh, 1999 Great American Bash. This might be the next, like, the, the thousandth um, viewing of the DBGA podcast. Yeah. We're going to have to do, like, you know, we'll hang out in an afternoon and go ahead and watch this crap. Yeah, are you looking at how bad the the like the pay-per-view was? Like it's horrible. On card it doesn't Oh my god, Ernest Miller defeated Horace Hogan. Oh, come on now. That's the pilot. Miller pinned Hogan after hitting him with a shoe is the uh ending for that. That just sounds horrible. It oh sounds great cuz it's Ernest the Cat Miller. That's true. Um so, anyways, this debate it really isn't going as, as far as I would I would like to go. I, I, mean, I, I, I know because like I mean I'm trying to like yeah you're trying to mean because honestly I mean I'll I'm not 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 to knock any of your arguments I think that they're they're very uh, clear arguments but you know there's 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 a lot of handicapping that Vince Russo had um, mm-hmm. when because he, he didn't have the kind of leeway that he had with you know say the WWF. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of it's you know it's like a what if you know they did this, what if they did that. Um, but well, if yeah, okay. So Brian, if you could change one thing about what WCW did that would allow them to survive, what would be that one thing? Oh, um, this is gonna sound completely asinine, but as far as what Russo did, it, it probably would have fit in perfectly. So the Millionaires Club they had versus the the New Blood. 
but they made the Millionaire's Club the faces. You know, the whole point was to get the younger guys over. So it, it backfired from the start because why are we excited to see younger guys get over when we want to see Luger and Sting and Hogan win for the one millionth time? Yeah. So what I would have done... And again, another rehash, but it's a temporary one. Is instead of calling it the Millionaire Club, you turn all those guys into the NWO. All of them. Like DDP, Luger, Sid Vicious, Nash, Hogan, Sing, the whole bunch. And pretty much all of them were in the NWO at one point anyway, except for Sid. And even Flair. Put them all in there. But what you do is you have the younger guys get over on them. Because, I mean, the simple thing is, like, you, you force the guy's hands. You're like, look, if you don't help put these guys over so we have a future, I mean, we're still going to pay you, but we're not going to use you, so go home. And either they would have put the young guys over or they would have gone home, which would have given that time for the young guys to do it anyway. So assuming that they played along, you would have... You would have gotten two birds in one stone. You would have gotten the new guys over by pushing them over main event championship talent, no matter how old they were at that point. And at the same time, you would have finally given WCW the victory over the NWO that they never got in the three years of being made to look like morons. So after that would have been over, you have established main event young talent that would have, would, you know, that would be bringing the company into the next couple of years. And the older guys, if they still stuck around, would have already been used to wrestling the younger guys and helping to put them over and would have continued in that role to do that. Those, the days of those guys made eventing would have been over completely. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. I mean, I think what, what had happened in, in WCW is that they, ha- they hit something really hot when they had the NWO. Um, and by bringing in Kevin Nash and. Um, Scott Hall, they definitely you know teamed up with Hogan. They became the, you know a huge group, literally huge. I mean, they had like dozens of people in the NWO at one point. Um, but the thing is too, like when when, the, when that run was over in like ninety, I think by ninety eight, it, it had pretty much gone as as well as they could have gone with it. But they never really ended it. They never had an ending for the NWO. NWO kept on disappearing and then coming back and then disappearing again. But yeah, they never had that victory over the NWO. Um, so, but I think the point when they got to like '99, you know, three years after they had their initial successes, they're like, well, crap, what do we do? We really haven't been building for the future. And I think the the, the biggest thing that that WCW did wrong is let go of, of younger talents like uh, like a Chris Jericho or. Uh, uh, the giant, aka the big show, Paul uh, White, um, because you know they were the the future of the company. You could have them for a good ten years, and these guys would still be going for you. Um, they have definitely showed great longevity in WWF uh, and then WWE after that. Um, but yeah, this, they just got rid of them. They they just said, you know, we're we don't need you. We have these forty year old guys who draw better than you. But maybe true at the time, but they just didn't think to the future at all. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel bad for certain, like some of the people in that, because I feel like, again, like I said, like if they had put those guys in the NWO, it would give them like that huge boost because like they would, everybody would have had that nostalgic instant pop to it, and then it would make the younger guys look so much better because they would finally conquer the the unconquerable. But um, another thing would have been to not ever give the belt to Scott Steiner. <laughs> I, I liked his, his big Papa Pump gimmick, but I don't think him being the crazy lunatic WCW champ that just destroys everybody was good because I never took him seriously at any point in his career. Agreed. Yeah, he's he's always been you know uh, mid Carter at best. Like why they gave him like the the big gold belt is beyond me. I mean, if you notice when he went when he had his WWE run, like he pretty much almost hurt Triple H and knocked him out for a while, which is why his push went nowhere. Because if you come in and you immediately start trashing Triple H, you're not getting very far. No, definitely not. You're, if you're putting people in the hospital or putting people on the shelf, you're especially Triple H. No, no, in Soviet Russia, Triple H buries you. Yeah, yeah, and, and oh, I mean, at Rust, never mind, never mind. Triple H has buried a lot of people, but yeah, he's buried the sons of guys. Um, I mean, well, how about this? I know we discussed this before, but I don't think you thought about it. Would 
would they have survived if Bischoff had bought them and took them to another network? Ooh, that is the biggest question. Uh, would they survived as WCW and brought them to another network? Um, I would be interested to see what he did. Um, my biggest problem with Bischoff is that he lacks the ability to make his own product. Um, and he's better at stealing uh, from the WWF. I mean, if you look at like all their big guys, except for like Sting, um, everybody had that big push in WWF, and he just stole it from them. And that was his thing for years. Like Lex Luger, stolen. Um, Kevin Hall and uh, Kevin Hall, um, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. I mean, those guys were stolen. Hulk Hogan, he was stolen in '94, uh, and brought in Hall his boys too. So yeah, he he wouldn't he couldn't make his own stars. He he just didn't know how to push guys. I think that was his ultimate problem. And I don't think his formula of like you know I'm just gonna go ahead and, and raid WWF or the remains of ECW and, and makes uh, guys out of them because he just didn't lack the uh, the ability to do that. I still think they would have made it. They still would have made it because. You put them on a different. You feel Spike TV or TNN, you know where, where TNA went, um, or even like Fox, where they were rumored to go. Like you would have had a good a good network to back them. I mean, you wouldn't have had all the money like Turner, so you'd have to spend wisely. So you would have had to push younger guys because you could afford younger talent, and you couldn't keep the main. I mean, you keep one main event guy around where it's like a Goldberg. Probably Sting, maybe Ric Flair. I'm not sure, but just just to bring over the original WCW fans to the new product. But I still think, given like if you like, let's say they got a different network and like three or four months off, take some time to like cool the systems up, like come up with a new plan, start fresh, that kind of thing. It would have been completely different, like because I mean, I mean, I know you said you didn't watch at that point, but even at the end. They had a lot of really good talent, like, you know, Shane Helms, I know they had, Mysterio was still there, Kidman was still there, they had, like, a, a lot of, like, Lance Storm, a bunch of good cruiserweight talent, like, they had a lot of really good guys who, at the, at Canyon was still there, and he was really good, like, you know, they had the talent in place, the younger pieces that, if they had kept going, I think they would have been a lot better off because the older guys were just gone. So all you had left was the new WCW. Hmm. Well, unfortunately, that never happened, so we can only speculate. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely a, a good point. So it's kind of hard to say whether or not WCW would have had a chance to survive. And, I mean, we're so desperate now for – that's why we're still talking about this because there's not enough competition now because – I mean, I'm pretty sure you would agree if there was a number two company that was a solid number two, WWE would be booking the crap that it does constantly. It does it constantly because there's nothing else out there and they don't care. Agreed. I think, that, unfortunately, the, the, the better wrestling show that um, is out there is NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know it, it's it's their own product. It's their 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 their, uh, their B league. Um, but you know, just watching that recently, I'm like, this is phenomenal. This is what I wanted. Like the, when the ECW was brought back, this is what ECW should have been, which has been like a junior league and, and bringing up the new stars. Um, so yeah, I mean, unfortunately, nobody's been able to to get close to where Vince is today, um, and that's sad. But but, you know, it's 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 wrestling, and uh, he's pretty much monopolized all major wrestlers uh, at this point. So, you know, whether or not we'd be able to, to challenge Vince or the WWE in the future, it's probably not going to happen. He's pretty much, you know, locked it up. Um, but, yeah, there unfortunately there has not been a solid number two show. And there are shows out there like Ring of Honor, TNA, but they, they hardly get any as much viewers as the WWE does. So, yeah, there's really not, nothing to out there else to, to come close. Yeah. Um, it's real quick, I, I know we're getting towards the end, but yeah. here's another good example of something. It's a, it's a piece of trivia for you. Okay. Who is the only person during the Nitro era to have ever kicked out of Hogan's leg drop? Goldberg? No. You'll never, you'll never get it. Billy Kidman? No, not even close. Think, uh, 
you know, Germany. The uh, wall? The wall, sir. The wall kicked out of his leg drop. The only one. Wow. So uh, we do need a uh, top five list for next week. Do you have anything in mind? Because I came unprepared for that. Um, it depends. Did you want to do? Did you want to do the wrestler and then the, the, the separate list thing, or how'd you want to do it? Um, well, let's just do like you want to. Do you have a list of like you know top five wrestlers who did X, top five? Um, let's see. Well, okay. How about this? We're coming up on what is it? Uh, I don't want to sell, but before that, I think it was No Mercy. But anyway, how about top five? You know, forget the WWF stuff. We'll go top five Halloween Havoc matches. Top five Halloween Havoc matches. Okay. Yeah, it's going to require some uh, some research there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, unless you want to go like October stuff. Like, I mean, like I said, WWF had like bounce back and forth from their pay per views and all that. If you want to include like Hell in a Cell matches, I mean that's fine too, I guess. All right, we'll just do a top t- uh, top five October matches. Yeah, um, I'm just a little disappointed with the, the whole WCW thing. Um, did you know that they actually gave uh, James Brown twenty five thousand dollars to appear for two minutes at the Super Brawl two thousand, even though they didn't advertise that he was going to show up at the show at all? Um, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, that was really, really bad. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, I really wish they were still here, but man, they sucked. They, they made so many stupid decisions towards the end. It was ridiculous. But unfortunately, it, was, hmm. that, it wasn't that the WWF had a better product. Well, they did have a better product, but the thing is that the WCW did not know what to do at all. To, uh, to 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 react to it, and so they pretty much threw everything they could, um, or they pretty much threw all their bad ideas, and just didn't didn't have any good direction. All right, and so next week is also King of the Ring 1998. The King of the Ring 98. All right, sounds like a plan, man. All right, well, have a good week. Sir. All right, so for the DB and J Wrestling Podcast, I'm your host Turnbuckle Jim. Fast Count Brian. Take it easy, everybody. Uh, See everybody next week. Mm